Welcome back to another episode of Be Beautiful Adaptive Warrior. I'm your host, Angie Huser. It's that time once again to unleash the warrior within you. Are you ready? Today, I'm excited to have back on the show once again, my prosthetist, Randy West from the Limb Center here in Phoenix. Hey, Randy, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it's not an easy task. You're a busy guy. And yeah, that's um, tricky. <laughs> we, we've been trying for a week or so, and I, I get it because I don't want to interrupt somebody else getting a great fit. So it's really hard for me to demand your time, but I'm grateful for what yeah, time we so can hard. have. And if it's 30 minutes, it's 30 minutes. If we can get 45, great. But let's do it. Yes. For those people that don't know you, if you could just kind of go back a little bit about who you are, why you started this and, and um, how long have you been doing it? Absolutely. Um, I, again, my name is Randy West. I'm a certified prosthetist. I've uh, been in the field, been certified about 23 years. Um, Got started, been to, or been through a few companies. I uh, have my own company now for the past eight years. Um, yeah, enjoy what I do. You know, it's it's not the easiest thing. Um, it's a challenging uh, field, but it's a rewarding field. Um, just because, um, you know, you got to put your time in. You got to pay your dues. Um, it's not something that you get out of school and all right, I'm ready to fit fit prosthetics. You know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of trials and tribulations with this business, but it is rewarding to, to be able to help people. So, well, that's good. Yeah. And you know, what brought this on for those of you listening, what brought this interview back on was that we really wanted to talk a little bit about our conversation. We had probably two weeks ago while I was in the midst of getting fitted again, getting a new socket mm-hmm. is altogether exciting because it's like getting a new wardrobe. And it's also a little bit, you know, anxiety building because you don't know what's going to hurt, what's going to need to be tweaked, how long the process will take. And it is a process. But one thing I I always try to do with um, this show is, is help people and empower them, amputees, to kind of get out of their own way so they can get helped and helped properly. And a lot of it is learning to know your own body, learning to communicate well, and knowing when you're in a good setting and when you need to get out of the setting that you're in and find someplace else to go. And there's those fine lines. And you and I talked about it. Sometimes no matter what you do, you may not be able to get the right fit because everybody's totally different. Yes. There's no same in this field, no normal. So when people ask questions like on social media, like what's the norm for this? I just kind of laugh. I'm like, there's no norm. You can get people's opinions, but really there's no norm on what you are going through and how it's being dealt. So on your side of it, I mean, everybody's heard my side of it and they know I'm I'm more patient than I thought I could ever be um, getting better. But I also know my body really well after years of surgeries. And I know when certain hurts are just growing pains and when certain hurts are misfittings. Got it. And so, but on your side of it, how do you, how hard can it be? I mean, I can't even imagine how hard it must be. One, the different personalities that come through your door. Yes. The different circumstances that come through your door. Mm -hmm. 
and all the different fits that you have to deal with. How, how do yeah. you handle that and stay focused, doing your best and, and staying, I don't know, well, great positive question. about it? <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good question. Everybody is different. Everybody has a unique scenario, most, most people. Um, I think the biggest thing is, is the pract- as a practitioner, you have to sit and you got to listen. You have to be able to accept humility and, you know, just really be open-minded to the patient's um, description on what's going on. As prosthetists, most of the time, we're a visual, we take, you know, meaning visual when the, the patient will remove their prosthesis, we're looking for signs of redness and skin breakdown. And so that's the first thing that we look at is maybe a mechanical failure meaning uh, there's some sort of a rub or something going on friction in the socket. So first thing we're, we're looking at obvious things going on, but sometimes is, you know, for example, in your case, you have nerves going, you know, you got neuromas possibly, we don't know what's going on sometimes. And so that's where we have to really think outside the box for uh, you know, adjustment purposes. And, and cause we don't see anything when you see the residual limb and it looks, wow, that looks great what do I do here? You know, you're feeling your foot. That's not there. You're getting something in your calf that you don't have. Mm -hmm. And so you got to get a little creative on maybe, uh, positioning on, on pressures in the socket. Um, it's pretty intense sometimes, you know, there's a lot of things that you got to try, you know, and sometimes after you've thrown everything out in your bag of tricks, sometimes it is a matter of, we might need to have you go back to your physician to yes. see what else is going on and get some sort of a, you know, a, a image of maybe the inside of your residual limb. So we kind of know how to attack that. Yeah. And, and we had talked about it too. I mean, what you do isn't just casting and putting something on someone's leg to get them walking and it's one and done kind of a thing. And, and, and I dare say that it's an artistry as well, because you do, I mean, if you look at my limb, it's healed well no issues there, but there is a point (laughs) somewhere in my limb that something is just likes to just zing me. And we have really fought that one so far. Knock on wood. We've been doing pretty good with the new socket. We're a week into this new socket. And I I was telling everybody last week that I said, my husband reminded me, remember it takes at least a week. I really haven't rubbed myself raw anywhere, which is really awesome. Um, Been able to walk in it. But yeah, you have to, I mean, this is, this would be a tough field to get into because I would say years of experience are much more important than years of schooling. Absolutely. Yeah. And also when you get out of school, it's kind of who your mentor is, you know, it's true. It's, uh, what is, uh, what's the term, you know, um, not like an internship, but, uh, you know, if you're, a, uh, getting into being an electrician, you, you shadow somebody that's a master electrician, you know, there yeah. you, it's almost apprenticeship. like apprenticeship, apprenticeship. Yes. Yep. You know? And so that's really, that's where you really learn, you know, is, yeah. is really, you gotta, you gotta dive in. You gotta make some mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes and I still do, you know, it's, um, you know, and I've been doing this a long, long time, but, you know, it's uh, you just try to try to learn what you can and put everything in your mental toolbox for that 
weird case that might come along that you did five years ago that really worked for somebody else, you know? Yeah. Well, and you also, we talked about this, you also have to deal with the emotional, mental aspect of the person you're working with. Yes. And expectations. There's, there's all, know. I mean, obviously all sorts of people with all sorts of moods and all sorts of behaviors, but then you put them through something where they've gone through trauma. Yes. Or for me, it was trauma, but it was an election. So I knew it was coming. Some people don't have that luxury. Some people have disease, cancer, whatever. So you're dealing with the baggage that also comes with that. Yeah. So, and, and you told me you don't get a lot of like psych classes in schooling, not as no. many as you should have. No. And so you, you kind of learn it as you go, but you know, that's where the, the support groups, you know, your amputee support groups in your area, yeah. Uh, peer mentors. It's really important to reach out maybe to the ACA, mm. you know, to see if there's any peer support amputees that can help, you know, and they, and a lot of times they can place you with somebody that's similar to your, your age and, you mm. know, uh, type of amputation. Mm. Um, the other thing I'd like to add is, is that's why it's super important. You know, when you're, if you're looking for a practitioner to find somebody that you can communicate with that does listen, that, you know, communication and, and getting that good uh, rapport with your practitioner is important, um, you know, just so it's a good fit. There's a lot of practitioners in most cities that you can kind of interview to where you can find that particular practitioner that feels like they're listening to you and that has some sort of skill to help you. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, is being willing, having a practitioner that's willing to get some help get a second pair of eyes, right? Not, you know, again, accept humility and say, Hey, I need to, I need somebody else to maybe look, take a look at this challenge that I have. And that's how you get solutions, you know? Right. Um, and I've had to do that in some cases, you know, and just, then you learn from it, you know? Right. Well, and yeah. And if, if you don't come across, if you come across amputation, like I did with years of experience and with medical people, you do the same thing Mm -hmm. with your doctors, your surgeons, your PTs, you know, and, and when people say, I don't know if my guy is really doing what he does. I, I think if people would learn to listen to their own gut, they would yeah. know something doesn't feel good enough for them. And that's, yeah. I know it's hard to start over. It's never fun to start over and tell yeah. everybody everything you've been through and where you're at and, 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 you know, I have seven years of baggage, medical baggage that I had replay yeah. with every new person I dealt with and what I tried and what I went through. And so that's, that it is tough. And we can sometimes deny our own internal feeling that doesn't feel right because we just, yeah. it's the easy route. Just and I feel it. like, sorry to interrupt, but no. I feel like if somebody is feeling that and they're in the case of, you know what, maybe this prosthetic stuff is just not for me. Mm-hmm. I'm in a wheelchair. I can, I think I can, I'm getting around pretty good in my wheelchair. You know, I've, I've, he's tried it or she's tried to fit me a couple of times and I might've went to a couple of places and it just doesn't seem like it's for me. That's where you got to really dig deep and say, no, it is for you. You got You can't give up, you know, and we've yeah. seen that here. People are rolling in. Yeah. I've been here. I've been here and they've done this and this and, you know, and, and that's where you really got to dig deep and say, no, I'm not giving up let's see what other options there's got to be other options, you know? And so, and you hash it out, you know, and it's not going to be a quick up oh, fit and bye-bye. No, sometimes it takes some time, but if you can find a practitioner that's willing to put the time in there, you're, it, you'll be successful. I've seen sure. it, you know, 
for no. sure. Well, I wanted to really quick go through because I mean, obviously listening to your body, I've learned to listen to mine and I know kind of how to communicate what I'm actually feeling or what I think I might be feeling. But I think there are some people that didn't realize I never did when I first walked into your office that there are different types of fits that can be put on. There's about four of them. Socket that are, design. Yeah. Yeah. Socket design. And some are good for some people and some are good for other people and some aren't meant for some. And, and, and depending on how much residual limb is left and, and of course we're talking lower limb a lot of the times because that's sure. what I am. I, I don't have experience yeah. and I don't talk when I don't have experience, I would never, ever say that I know what an above, you know, an arm amputee or a below knee person feels. I don't. So I can never sure. speak to that. So I always speak to mine. So with that being said, can you kind of go through those four we talked about, the four different kinds of socket fits that can be, and then kind of a little bit about who those are good for or when in their maturation yeah. of their limb they'd be good for? Yeah, so, so we're talking above the knee amputees, first of all, I guess, because below the knee, there's some there's a, quite a few options as well, but speaking in general to the above knee population, um, you know, usually typically we'll start if you're a brand new amputee and by all means, this is, it can vary, but usually we'll start with a simpler system, uh, like a, a liner lanyard pin system that the patient will roll a, a gel liner on and either have, a kind of a strap system or a pin system to secure the residual limb to the prosthesis. And a lot of times we'll start with that because there's volume change on a new amputee. You know, usually you're, you've got edema from the amputation. You have um, your, you still have your, your muscle from the amputation. It hasn't quite atrophied yet because right. that takes some time. And so we want to get the patient up as quickly as we can so they can get them into physical therapy for gait training and strength training. And so usually we'll start with a lanyard style system because this enables the patient to be able to control that volume change or adjust right. for that volume change. Um, and usually they'll stay in that socket. It, it ranges. There's really not a timeline. It could take a year. It could take four months to where, you know, you want to keep track of their limb volume size um, and then that way you can, um, justify kind of when you want to switch to the next system. Um, and the other systems are, um, you usually will go into like a suction style system and that's where you'll have a gel liner that has some sort of a, um, can have a ring, you know, there's some sealing kind of liners that are mm -hmm. great and there's various ones. Um, there's, you know, the, where, when, when the patient goes into the socket, they create a, a, a suction style suspension. Now the disadvantage, sometimes if they lose too much limb volume, then you lose suction yeah. and that can be a little bit of um, a challenge, but that's why you want to wait typically before you jump into that system, you let the limb mature a little bit right. and, um, and then you can start in now the limb will still mature. It'll still uh, reduce in limb volume, but it's kind of the next step after a lanyard or a pin system. Yeah. And the reason why we do the suction is the, the, uh, the connection usually is a little bit greater than a pin system or a lanyard system. In most cases, yeah. less pistoning. Usually it's, you're kind of one with the, mm -hmm. with the socket. Um, and there's various forms of suction liner sockets. You know, you can have elevated vacuum, which is really cool. 
for the right patient. And then you have your sealant style. So those are kind of the two different suction liner suspensions. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the last one, which is, is uh, my favorite for the right amputee uh, is just a skin fit suction socket. I feel like it's kind of a dying art in a way because it, it like, you know, we've spent a lot of time with you, but once you have that perfect fit, it's almost second to none on linkage, connection, control, um, health of the health of the limb, right. perspiration. Um, but but to get there, it's um, you know you got to work together, you know. Um, and it's the residual limb, it is a lot of work. And the residual limb, you know, you want to be a, a year and a half plus amputee, you know, two year amputee before you dive into that, because you're going to change. Um, and we've went through a few sockets just to get it where we're at now. Um, but when it's a good fit, it's, it is second to none. I mean, the control the I mean, it it is, a a, I feel a lost art in a way. I know there's still quite a few people that do do it, but it's taken me, I mean, I still learn on doing them, you know, Mm -hmm. I still, but I've had certain mentors in my life that, um, have really helped me get to yeah. where I'm at now. You know, I wasn't something I'm just going to go on my own and yeah, let's right. try this out. And I've, it's, it's been a, it's been a, it's been hard, but it's been worth it because you get, you know, when you get it right, it's, it's awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. And it is, it's hard to get it right. Like it's like we talked the other day, it's like, it's not one and done. And I, I, I was telling everybody about my fitting and I'm like, I'm anxious about this. And I go in and it was two and a half hours later and 10 times oh. I had to get that thing off because I couldn't get it on. Right. I said, yep. you know, it's really tough because so many, you know, I follow a lot of amputees and you see them and they're out doing their thing and, and everybody, you know, there's the people that are struggling with their fit or pain see that. And it's kind of that I I could totally, I can totally understand it. They get like, man, they have it so easy, but what they don't see and what a lot of people won't share is that it still hurts. It doesn't just because you get an amputation doesn't mean you're now like I've got the knee pain gone because of my amputation, but I have other things I deal with now. And it, it, it's just part of the journey. I mean, you really have to, like you said, dig down deep and fight for it. Yeah. If you really want to live a good full life, you need to fight for it. It's not going to be easy and it will not be handed to you, but it will make it more rich of a life. Yes. When you fight through it. And I think that's, that's a great statement. Um, The other thing on my side is when choosing the proper socket, especially on a new amputee, you know, you you don't just dive into a suction socket, right? Yeah. We're going to get suction Mm -hmm. because psychologically that's going to be pretty tough on a new amputee reason being is it's not going to fit like the first day you fit it because they're going to change so much in limb volume. Mm -hmm. So we want to try to put them in a, in a scenario to where it's already tough. They're already feeling like, wow, this is a lot of work. So we want to put them in a scenario to where that's going to be successful. And that's kind of why we start with the lanyard or something that's, Hey, we're going to get the prosthesis on. It's going to be secure. We're not going to lose suspension. um, And I can adjust it. Cause I know I'm going to, you're going to lose volume. You're going to, your limb size is going to change. And then we graduate to the next one and the next one. And some people are not like yourself, a skin fit candidate, you know, right. not everybody's going to go. Cause it, I always tell patients, I say, mm-hmm. Hey, we're going to, if you're willing to try something a little different, 
if if we're going to work together, it might it might take us a little time, but we get it just right. You're going to like it, you know, and and I've done that. I've switched people over. And once we're committed, where it's kind of like a let's do it and we fist pump, and we're getting it done and, yeah. and we get it. You know, So, well, those liners, I do remember way back when with my liner, um, they're like security blankets. Right. Like you put them on yeah. and they they're nice and tight and cozy and you feel like your limb is safe from yes. harm. But when you go skin fit and you just put your bag on your leg and you pull skin down and, you know, it comes out that hole and it pinches like I had a really bad pinch last night. Didn't realize that I was walking. But as soon as I started unscrewing it, I was rubbing Ouch. against it and it was yeah. a nice, big, red, welted ring. And I'm like, oh. You know, yeah. it's just what it is and could be on a daily basis. And, you know, sometimes I'll be like, oh, what is that? And, you know, normally I can ignore it until you take it off and you rub across it. Right. And I do remember the yeah. lanyard because you're right. Uh, what people don't get is when when I had my amputation, I think they were estimating that the portion of my leg they took was about 10 pounds of my weight. And then you have about three months of being 10 pounds lighter on that leg. And yep. then you put on a 10 to 12 pound leg. How's that it, feel? It feels like it's a hundred pounds that you're trying to swim yeah. through and you need that lanyard. It was a complete safety valve for me. Like knowing yeah. that that lanyard was coming through and Velcroing up my whole leg, I knew it was not going anywhere. And then I was very fearful that first liner suction, like how mm -hmm. will it stay on? Like, what happens if I pick my yeah. leg up and it falls off and it never did, yeah. but you can't wrap your head around until you get there. And yeah. then you trust I mean, the can process. You, can you imagine going to a skin fit right off the gun or something of that nature and no. having an issue falling off? I mean, you, you've built up some tolerance to how this works mm -hmm. and we've seen patients come in here and, and they're done. And yes. somebody met them at the grocery store and say, what are you in that? Why? Wow. You're an amputee. What's going on? Oh, I tried that a bit. It, prosthetics just didn't work for me. I hear that one all the time. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I just, and, and so then we get them in here and we get some history and we really get to know them and we kind of get the history of what's been going on. And we're like, well, did you ever do this? No. Did you ever try that? No. Okay. Well, if you're willing to do this, we're going to start with this and let's see how it goes. And then you kind of progress them in and it's the best thing they've ever done. You know, yeah. so. I know this is going to put you on the spot and I know it depends yeah. on how much residual limb, but let's say that someone has some really residual limb enough for a socket. Okay. So not okay. A, like not yeah. up in the hip or anything, but they've got it. Would you say everyone or pretty darn close to everyone should be able to function with a, um, a prosthetic or is there, have you ever noticed a certain scenario over and over again with certain types of people with maybe something they're like, if they have a high infection rate or if they, it was that kind of a trauma a disease or a cancer that just didn't work. I mean, would you say that for those people that say it just isn't for me, mm. would you be able to prove pretty much everybody wrong on that? If you could get them to come in and, and wrap their head around it, or is it physical? Is it uh, mental? Uh, you know, it's a little both, you know, there are some patients that they might have some other things going on, uh, you know, bone spurs, yeah. uh, you know, osteo, you know, uh, heterotrophic ossification, which is bone growth. Mm -hmm. And there's some things that are just tough and you might need some surgical help from a, from a medical professional. 
Um, and then some of it is mental, you know, it really is, you know, they've just been beat up and they're just done. And so sometimes you do have to work that psychologically through, you know, to say, Hey, let's start here and, you know, let's give it another, another try. You know, some of these people are fairly young yeah. and you hate to have them be in a wheelchair for the rest of their lives, you know, so you got to try it, you know, there are options, um, you know, but there are some slim cases where it's just prosthetically, it is a tough, it is tough, you know, yeah. but you got to, I think before you throw in the towel, you really got to do your due diligence to go out and interview and, and see what other answers there are. There's a ton of different systems out there. You know, there's adjustable sockets, there's different suctions. I mean, there's a, there's a lot in the toolbox out there for specific yeah. people, you know? Yeah. You know, and I would say that in my mind's eye that I wasn't sure how it would work for me that I would say I'm more on the successful side of um, handling it. And I try to think about what, what it is that makes that possible because it's not an easy road. And I don't know if it was because I didn't go in blind. Like I knew that it was not going to just be easy. So I was ready for that challenge. And I had, I had, you know, I have the stubbornness to deal with those challenges. Sure. So I know that's a mental aspect. Also the emotional aspect, I have a great support system, right? And when people are here supporting me, no matter what, I know I'm not going to be alone going through it. And not everybody is fortunate enough to have that. Right. And then you have to go with the physical, the actual physical. I mean, I really do believe it's a three component thing and almost a third, a third and a third. I really do. Cause the fit, you can make anything work, but the fit's gonna, I mean, for me, you do an amazing job, but I still have problems, but I don't yeah. sit there. And I, I know in my body enough to know that I know you did everything you could. And in my gut, I know you've done everything you can. Now I've got to work the magic on my end. And that means sure. getting over that mental hump or, sure. you know, sucking it up and, and embracing the suck at times. Like we yeah. talked about, Yeah, there you go. Yep. You know, and it is, and I just, I just don't want people that, that see other amputees, going around and they're all successful and everything's going good. And they think that they've got it easier. It's not right. necessarily the case. It's just how they're mm -hmm. embracing it in those three realms, the physical, the mental, and the emotional. Yeah, you know? no, that's great. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, and, and we talk about the, um, you and I, the last big conversation we had that said, and that's when I said, Oh, we've got to do a podcast on this was being able to know the, the, very fine line you walk on your process has given you everything he has or she has to make sure that it is fitting you and who you are and listening to you and you communicating well enough for them to help you. And then you doing that final legwork, no pun intended <laughs> yeah. to get to the next level of success. So right. how does someone who really, I mean, really doesn't know if it's them that's in the way and they just, you know, I don't want to point anybody in the wrong direction where they beat themselves up and they actually hurt themselves or get the infection because it really wasn't them. It was the prosthetist that didn't fit it right. Yeah. How do you, yeah. what, what suggestions would you give people going into an office? What, what would they be looking for and what should they be doing to help themselves through the harder moments that fitting happens and changes happen? I think if somebody's walking into a place, you know, you want to ask a lot of questions. 
you know, how long, how long has this person been doing this craft? Do they have other, is there a team? If we encounter any issues, is there somebody that kind of helps out or is, are you the only person here? Yeah. Um, you know, everybody's different residual, they have, you know, different mm-hmm. residual limbs. And so, you know, somebody, there are some easier fits, I believe, you know, there, you know, some people have a nice, they don't have neuromas or, you know, and, and, and phantom issues and, and bone spurs. So there are some people that are a little easier to fit, yeah. but I think going in, you, you know, you, I think the, the availability, you know, you want to make sure that that person's not, you know, they're not getting moved around because some companies will move practitioners around and you, you get yeah. in touch with a certain practitioner and then you're ready to make a new prosthesis and they're gone. Yeah. They know everything about you. They've known the little hurdles and the little things that it's taken to get you where you're at and they're gone. And that's one of the biggest things that I've seen doing this business. And I've had patients follow me around in the last 20 years. They've been been all around here and there and, and they followed me, you know, and one, you built that relationship and that trust and friendship really. Um, And I think that's what you're searching for because it's not about just getting the leg and Hey, great. See ya. Right. It's, you're going to need adjustments. You're going to need new prosthetics. You're going to need different componentry. There's going to be new in- innovations. Right. And so you want to be able to have that good conversation and that good rapport with your practitioner, you know, and knowing that they're not going anywhere for a while, you know, right. that does happen. And, and know that there is a, a team that, you know, if they can't answer something that somebody else can maybe a second pair of eyes can help you out, you know? Yeah. I think it's key. And, and then, like you said, trust your gut, you know, trust your gut, you know, Right. if you don't feel comfortable, that's probably not the place to be. Cause then you got to go back and you got to face that music every time. And if you don't feel like you're being listened to, there's no way I could do the things that I can do daily, even from getting up, doing laundry and doing stuff around the house and moving as quickly as I do around corners, sometimes too fast. Um, if you weren't listening and hearing, hey, you know what? When I make left-hand turns around corners, I hit something. And, and we talk about that because then you know exactly which direction my leg is moving within my socket too. I mean, I take mental notes almost to a fault sure. so specifically. And you've seen me, I'll walk and I'll be like, and it's hitting right there. No, wait, right there, oh, yeah. <laughs> right, right there. Yeah, so you can yeah. see as I'm walking exactly where in my gait I feel yeah. a hit or a rub or whatever. And, and that, I mean, that takes time too. I didn't know that when I first walked into your office, but I also knew I better speak up because yes. I, I wanted this in my life. And then I talked to people about goal setting, right? So if you have goals, I want to do this. Well, I think if you have those kind of goals, then it works backwards and you go, how? So I can't do this because this, right. how can you help me? And then it starts another conversation with, with your prosthetist. Right. But we, I think we likened it. It's like when you get a really good hairstylist and then they leave and you're like, great, this person doesn't know how my hair lays. I can't even imagine trying to re-explain what I have been through the last two years with that, that pain to somebody else. You know, me, you understand what doesn't work. And you keep that in your mental drawer of info so that every time we do this, because we do it, you know, at least every six months that we're changing my socket. 
And so I hope knock on wood, I don't have to for a while because yeah, this is nice. Good I like it. We're doing good. But um, yeah. yeah, I just, you know, I just feel bad because I feel like 90% of the problem is the way people feel like they're fitted. And yeah. then they don't, I mean, and that will make or break. Like I remember when you said, when I first came in, I didn't even think of this as an option because my options were you took your leg off. That was your choice. You better start walking. There was no right. in between. There wasn't, well, what happens if it doesn't work? That never entered my head. But when yeah. you told me that there are people that had gotten, you know, sometimes you'll get people will um, give you back their spouse's leg because they passed away and it wasn't really used. It was put in a corner because oh, yeah. it really just didn't feel right. And they just didn't want to fight it. And I just think, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't imagine. And again, I think it goes back to goal setting. Like mm-hmm. I have things I want to do with my life. That's the reason yeah. I did the surgery and now where I'm at. And so I think yeah, communicating yeah. your goals to your, your um, prosthetist is really important. They have to know, yeah, you, it, it'll help you if you know what that person wants to do with their life. Absolutely. You yeah, know, where they came you gotta... from and where they want to go. Both aspects yeah. are very important, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. And they usually set up a roadmap kind of on a, yeah. how you're going to get there, you know, and, and some of those timelines, timelines won't, you may not make those timelines, but kind of set the roadmap for success on those mm-hmm. things. So you can set certain goals, your therapy goals, your, you know, right. for gait training and, and, and kind of a, you know, a lot of times we'll try to estimate on limb volume loss, which it's hard to do, but you can kind of set those up to where, Hey, let's try this for four months. We'll kind of see what kind of adjustments we're making to follow you as your limb changes. Um, but you have that roadmap. So that way there is some expectations that you can meet and some you're not going to meet, but you know, the ones that have those expectations, I'm going to get fit and I'm going to go run a marathon tomorrow is really, you know, you got to kind of reel them back in and say, no, that might happen, but it might take a little time, you know? So, yeah, there's a lot more to it than, (laughs) Yeah, it's like people come in and sometimes you feel like, all right, I'm ready to get fit. And, and they feel like you feel like you're okay. Let's see here. Here, let's measure you here. You're a large, let's grab a large here. There you go. Bye. It's just, I wish it was easy, you know? Yeah. That would be nice. Cause you know, the hours, the hours put, but, but in that respect, the hours put in by both parties, your side and our side, will also determine some sorts of success rates. Now, yeah, I, totally. I, I just remembered this from last week. I had one lady reach out to me and she wanted to know, it was another one of those normal questions. And I did respond to her going, yeah, well, there isn't yeah. such thing as normal, but she said, would you consider it? Like, I mean, how many test sockets do you have? She goes, is it normal to have eight to 10? Mm-hmm. And I took it as at one fitting time, not over like your years of oh, like, well, or is that per particular like you're going in for a new prosthesis and to get the final it took eight to ten that's what that i'm thinking she season. meant and i said i will make sure i talk to randy about that i gave her my two cents and i just told her what my journey was yeah because again i can't speak to everyone's journey but i can tell you what i've done and i've never had more than one each yeah. time well, I've come just, in for I, a fitting, I've had one. So I why, think it, why would that happen? Well, Have you ever heard that? 
Yeah, I mean, well, I, I mean, I think it depends on the on the particular individual. You know, I don't know what uh, her her circumstances with her residual limb are. You know, she yeah. might have some things going on. You know, there I don't know if there's scarring. You know, uh, there could be a lot of go, or or there could be uh, you know massive atrophy in the residual mm-hmm. limb where she's having volume reduction and right. the residual limb just keeps shrinking. You know and and, you know, sometimes it takes a little longer. I, I don't know that I've done that many check sockets, but that doesn't, I don't want to say that it's wrong. You know, well, I, you, and, uh, you know, and I think that people, what people don't get is like, you were really good right at the beginning, like our turnover rate from test sock, like um, casting test socket and socket was yeah. like with you did it within a week. But as I got more into the community, people mm-hmm. are like, I'm still waiting on it. It's been three months and I'm going. Yeah. But so by the time three months I had lost more weight, there's no way the one yeah. that they got me fitted for would even fit. And so I wondered if that might be well, there, even with so, our two week time frame, I was worried I wouldn't fit into it still. Yeah. So, you know, used to do that, but I don't do that much anymore just because of the, um, the security of a test socket is, uh, it's not as strong as a laminated socket mm-hmm. and, um, they can break. Yeah. Um, and so I've seen it. Safety, yeah. Safety, <laughs> <Not mine>. security. <laughs> yep. It just, um, and I've had patients break check sockets, you know, so I'm, I've had it happen to, to myself. And so if you get a good fitting test socket, usually we'll laminate it for security purposes, for lighter weight. Um, we'll, 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 that way then we can start the next progression to the next socket. And it might be six months, might be eight months. But at that point, we will fit and deliver that prosthesis or that socket. And, you know, we do everything on measurements. So that way we, we record measurements. So that way we have justification for um, the physiological uh, volume change. Mm-hmm. And so we, you know, at the next time, then you, you do another check socket and you go through the process again. Right. Um, yeah. So typically for being on a check socket for, for that long, that's a little much for, for my likings. Um, but I, you know, in the past I have done it and sometimes patients will leave and you don't get them back, you know, they're gone. Oh, it, I and that's not good. That. Yeah. And, yeah. So that's, it's not good. And mm. you just want the, you know, the, the safety and, and security for the right. patient. So usually, you know, sometimes I'll put them in for a week or so, you know, and, and then, uh, we'll wrap it and reinforce it, right. but you got to come back and we got to get it. We got to get it laminated. So, and then yeah, we'll move on. I don't like that hard shell right on my skin either. And I know you're probably doing some test sockets for people that have liners and stuff, but for me, it's they right do. up against yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, no. And it's, uh, it's just, in my opinion, just, it's not the safe way. And, and then you're dragging the case out. You know, usually you have a prescription from your physician to mm-hmm. do a prosthesis or a socket. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to be on it three to four months, your case is still open. Um, and usually if you're, if you're, it's insurance purposes, you don't, mm-hmm. unless you're billing that prosthesis, that's a whole nother podcast. I don't um, you know, you shouldn't be doing that really, you know, cause yeah. typically when you fit and deliver a prosthesis and somebody signs for a prosthesis that gets billed that day of fitting and delivery, that should be a laminated prosthesis, not a check, yeah, check socket. socket. Yeah. And again, that's a whole nother, um, Maybe that's a whole nother podcast, but uh, well, true. Yeah. And anyway. yeah, insurance is definitely a different beast when it comes to this. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't realize that, you know, I had to go to my doctor 
They have to just take a look. They have to listen to what you're saying is that there's changes. You have to make markings on the diameter of things and my weight and things like that. And um, after seeing that appointment, then I come and see you. Then we do the casting. Then I come back. We do the test socket. Then I come back. Then we try on. And like I said, last week was a two and a half hour visit. I believe that was the longest visit I've ever had to pick up my socket. Yeah, it, took it a was while. definitely the most frustrating. I mean, I know if you guys weren't so great to be around, I probably would have been in tears after 10 tries. My mm-hmm. hands hurt so bad that day. Uh, my hip was so sore from trying to balance and pull it off that it was incredible. Yep. Well, so yeah, yeah, go ahead. Anyway, I was going to say, so that's why you got to pick and choose the right suspension, the right socket uh, for the patient, because you imagine if you're a newer patient doing that, you'd yeah. say, I'm, I'm, a, I don't, this isn't for me. You well, know? And that's, I think why I originally asked you the question on how many different fit type sockets there were, because yeah. there's so many components to this. Like I said, it could be the own, my own mental or emotional game. It could be my way. My limb is, it could be the way you actually took care or didn't take care of my fitting. But then it could also be that maybe you're putting me in the wrong one. Like if I was still in a lanyard, yeah. one, I'd be really unhappy. And sometimes people, practitioners are like, uh, I don't know that I'm comfortable fitting you with the suction, skin fit suction socket. It happens all the time. Right. Well, so and, it, never and that, that could be because they're not comfortable making it because That's they know I mean. it yeah. has to be like perfect in yeah, as much as perfect as you can make it. Right. They're, yeah, they're, so people, there's a lot. That's, that's why I feel it's a lost art in a sense. Yeah. Um, there's not going to be, you know, some practitioners are not going to do a skin fit. They just will throw you in a liner and that's what you get. And, and that might just be fine. But if you, if you're missing out on a skin fit, that's properly fit, then right. that may not be the guy for a gal for you. You know I mean? And that's just, you know, you should have the best, you know, cause it doesn't matter what kind of componentry you have below your right. socket your sockets, not fitting and functioning properly doesn't matter. You know? Right. Well, and I, and I have, I have tooted your guys's horn since I started this podcast and even before that, but you know, i I feel very fortunate that I didn't have to shop around that my doctor had someone he trusted and I trusted my doctor who in turn, because of his, um, you know, reliability and everything. And, you know, I trusted where he sent me. Sure. And I was very fortunate because you do listen and I do talk yeah. <laughs> a lot, but I, I, I think I know my body and I, I want to make sure I take it from every angle when I come in on what I'm feeling. So you, sure. one way I describe it has got to resonate with you and it will yeah. help you then. And so I guess to wrap all this up, if there was from a process point of view, if there was a bit of positive advice that you could give to people listening that are really struggling with their fit. Is there anything that you would like to just end with right here that would help somebody on what they need to do or, or, you know, you've talked about, don't give up. It's, it's a process kind of a thing, but. Yeah. I think, I think the, the key is, is make sure you're asking all those questions. You know, what are there? Is there any other options for me? Mm-hmm. Don't settle please don't settle, make sure there's some other options. What are the other options for you? Um, and if you're just not getting the answers, then you got to kind of go out and search, you know, search other, other, you know, places possibly or other practitioners. Right. Um, 
and be honest. You got to be honest with the practitioner you're working with, you know, that's be, you know, be transparent, maybe just so you, you just let them know you, they don't, you feel like there's got to be another way. And if you got to accept humility as a practitioner, you know, sometimes it's not a perfect fit. I've had patients come here and, you know, man, I've done everything I can in my heart and my soul, and it just wasn't a perfect fit. And they went elsewhere yeah. and that's okay. You know, cause you go to a dentist and that might not be the greatest dentist that you just didn't have a connection with that particular dentist, you know? Right. So you go elsewhere. And, and I think that's the key. Don't feel like you're locked into one prosthetic company or practitioner. Yeah. You know, there could be a company that has several practitioners and, you know, ask for a second pair of eyes if there's somebody else there and there might even be a better chemistry between you and that other practitioner. Yeah. And so I feel like that's what gets, held up with a lot of people and that's the failure sometimes yeah. is yep. just kind of settling and yeah and then sometimes then what happens is patients will start searching on the internet and looking at what do you wear oh well this guy's got this system or that system and i think i need that system and mm -hmm. and it, it's just a a prelude to an end you know usually right. so you got to really communicate with the practitioner and see what other options there are and if it's just if you're not getting them, then you got to search elsewhere. I mean, that's just the fact of the matter, you know, and it is what it is. Yeah. And I agree. And I think that that could be a whole nother podcast as well, because I yeah, think most people sure. that said they've broken free, then all of a sudden insurance isn't going to pay because they're still in the midst of that or whatever. And I don't um, Right. You know, people want the road right. less traveled or don't want the road less traveled. They want to go where it's easiest. Right. Yeah. And, that, and that's, and, yeah. And it becomes a and settling. Sometimes there isn't. Right. Yeah. Right. Sometimes there isn't an easier way. It is what it is, you know. Right. Exactly. Sometimes I'll have people get a second opinion here. And I'm I'm like, wow, that's looks good to me. I don't know that I would do anything different, you know, and and that is what it is. And they go back to their practitioner, you know. So you know and that's, that's good too. I mean, at least that like you said, it's another set of eyes. Sometimes that's the best way to go about it. And if it's an agreeing, then you've got to start digging deeper inside yourself and going, okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to just push through. Sometimes we just push through some of those things. Absolutely. Sometimes you have to, sometimes you got to know when not to, but yeah. each person's Absolutely. different. Yeah. Well, Randy, yeah. thank you so much for spending some time with us today. I uh, love hearing your side of it. Um, I know my side and it gets kind of boring after a while. I feel like I say the same thing over and over again, but the message still comes across the same, but it's sure. good to hear from you, from you and your side of it. And uh I just appreciate your time and thanks for the awesome socket. Hey, thanks for having me on the podcast. I appreciate it. And if there's anybody that has any questions, have them reach out to you and I'd be willing to throw my two cents in if I can help. So perfect. Know. I love it. Yeah. And we'll definitely do that. All right. Thank Alrighty. you so much, Randy. Take Thank care. You. Take care. Wow. Is all I can say such great feedback. And Randy, I am so grateful for the time you spent with us clarifying different types of sockets and the fits and kind of how to advocate for ourselves as amputees when we walk into an office. Um, if you really were paying attention, you notice that, of course, every single person and every prosthetist is extremely different. You need to find what works for you. And yeah, you kind of are going in blind because most people don't have a prior amputation to gear how things should feel or fit. But you all know your bodies. And if you really, really listen, you may hear things you don't want to know, like 
you know this is the wrong place to be, you need a better prosthetist, then listen to yourself. Even though it might be the road less traveled and you have to swim upstream to find the best prosthetist and it takes time and effort, trust me, in the long run, it will be worth it. You're going to be an amputee the rest of your life. So nothing's growing back, as I've said in prior episodes. You need to make sure you take care of you. And that means getting, having the right to find the right place that will take the time and really listen to what you need, what's wrong, and getting the fit that you desire and must have to function in life. It is not to be taken lightly, and yet it is a really big struggle. And I'll stand by the fact that I really believe that there are three parts to this. Fitting an amputee with a prosthetic isn't just a physical thing. It is a mental and an emotional aspect too to it. If you are not in your A game on any of those, you're going to struggle with the fit. You need to come to terms with the amputation. If you haven't done that yet, maybe that's what this week's call to action needs to be. So let's dive right into it. Call to action for this week. First, you need to just submit. This is your life. Whether it was harshly done to you or a choice like for me, it is done. Moving past that, nothing good ever comes to looking backward. Not when it comes to this situation. So move forward. Now, once you've come to grips and terms with an amputation, now you need to start building up the positives in your mind. You need to start embracing that, that you're going to get past the mental aspect, but the emotional. Yeah, you're going to have days where you just want to cry. Yeah, there's going to be days you want to punch a bag. Go get in some boxing lessons. Some days you want to scream, and then there are other days that are just perfect and priceless. Embrace them all for what they are. They are character building moments and they will make you into the type of person you need to be to handle your situation. Now that you've gotten past the emotional, it is time to handle the physical and that's tough. A lot of times it has nothing to do with the prosthetist not giving um, his best or her best Sometimes it's just you maybe not communicating well on what doesn't feel right. Do not be afraid to tell them when whatever they've done doesn't feel great. Easier said than done, yes. I remember my first one. I didn't know any better and it felt fine. I should take that back. There were obviously of the first couple weeks where it was not fine. And I had to struggle with that. And that's okay. You learn as you go. There is no normal, so get over that. You are you, and your prosthetist is him or her, and your relationship is totally different from his with another one patient or yours with another prosthetist. So if in your gut you feel that you are not being heard or taken care of, then start shopping around, and it's okay to make an appointment just to talk to someone. Find another prosthetist near you or if you have to travel, I mean, mine's almost 45 minutes now. It's okay, travel. But if you find the right one, then it'll make all the difference in the world in your life. So your call to action 
get right with the amputation, hurdle through the emotional aspects, give yourself the bad days, it's okay, we all have them, and, and move on and find the positives. And then make sure you've reconciled where you're at for your fittings. Are you being taken care of? And if you are, then communicate better. I would have to say that 90% of it is us. If your prosthetist has plenty of years of experience, you are still going to be different from anybody else they've seen in their past 20 years. You are you. You bring your own baggage. You bring your own um, troubles, mental, emotional, and physical. You need to explain everything completely. And please don't forget to let your prosthetist know what your goals are in life where you see yourself in the next couple months, where you see yourself in the next year, where do you want to be in 10 years? Because that gives them an idea of the fighter you are, what you can handle, and what kind of socket is going to be best for you. Well, I hope that you learned something today. I enjoyed talking to Randy again. I feel so completely blessed to have Randy and David in my life and their staff, Dave and Lise. They're just amazing people who really do care. They are out there, people. They really are. Find your special office space so you are taken care of. And then never let go. Well, until next time, you know my rules. I want you to be healthy, be happy, and please be you.